he would start to experience uh, things like bullying. He would start to experience you know, questioning, uh, but he would also, on the other side, experience massive support and love you know, from friends and family and random people in the street. You know, so he was receiving both sides of that. Hello and welcome to the Parenthood Pod. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. This segment is The Vault, where we ask you, our community, what is keeping you up at night? Your messages remain anonymous, they stay in the vault. To submit your confession, click on the link in the show notes. Welcome to the show. Hi guys, I'm excited to bring you today's episode with Scott from Scott Creates. I had already done an interview with him and then received this confession, which we'll play in a second. So wanted to add that confession to this episode. So many people experience bullying, um, particularly our children, and often as parents, we just don't know how to handle it. It impacts our children so greatly and us as parents can feel so helpless. Scott is a phenomenal example of someone who's supporting his child in the best way that he can and has supported his child um, when he's experienced a very degree of bullying. So as I said, I wanted to bring this confession and my interview with Scott together. So firstly, let's cut to the confession. Hi, Leonie. Thanks for the opportunity to be on the podcast. My confession is this. My seven-year-old is being bullied and I don't know what to do. It's quite literally keeping me up at night. I have raised it with the school and the response hasn't been great. I quite literally don't know what else to do. So please help. Okay. So now I'd like to cut to my conversation with Scott from Scott Creates. Hi, everyone. I'm joined today with Scott, who is a best-selling children's author, and he's committed to creating content that empowers young kids. So, Scott, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, no, awesome. I'm so excited for our chat. Um, You do regularly appear in the media talking all things parenting and authentic self and learning about yourself and and your children. And I love your purpose and I love your values. So I'm really excited to to get into it. Um, Talk to me first and foremost about your business. Um, And was it, did the whole mission stem from having your son and, and having the experiences that you've had with him? Yeah, so when my son was you know, three, four years old, he fell totally in love with Queen Elsa. Um, he wanted all the he wanted all the costumes, he wanted all the toys, you know, he wanted everything. And this was a challenge to how I grew up. Um, you know, I grew up with very rigid definitions of masculinity. And so I'd love to say that like in the moment that he wanted to wear, you know, the Elsa costume, I was a hundred percent supportive and accepting and all those sorts of things. But it made me uncomfortable because that's, they're the lessons that I had learned, you know? And so, uh, I went through that journey of becoming accepting, uh, of, uh, learning how to get over that part in me that had been taught to me. Mm. I was never really going to share online, you know, or about what I did. And I was never really going to write much about it. 
because uh, you know, primarily I am an author. Um, and mm. my wife one day said to me very wisely, she said, you know, Scott, there are thousands, if not millions of kids you know, around the world, uh, particularly young boys who are not being accepted by the male figures in their lives and just maybe you could be you know and i mean once you put it like that it's hard to walk away from it you know and so i started sharing you know our journey online and found an audience uh, a community who kind of cared about what i talk about and i've been doing it ever since i'm really really passionate about it you know, and with every single day i see more and more things, you know, we are doing to our kids and, you know, we're doing to our son, you know, that are really setting them up for challenges later in life. But we don't think about that because we're just replicating the things that we have learned as kids. So, yeah, yeah. it, it kind of came about very, very naturally. Mm, I love that. And as you say that and the challenges that our youth are experiencing to date, I mean, I've got a two and three-year-old, so I'm not quite there yep. as far as, um, you know, the even the teenage years, I'm sure that will be a beast in <laughs> itself. But I'm just curious because, I mean, there is a lot now around being politically correct and, you know, not stereotyping people and genders and things like that. So, I mean, how far is too far, right? Like, are we causing more confusion by saying, you know, do be who you want to be, you know, girls can kiss girls or boys can kiss boys. Let's all, you know, you can be gender neutral. You get, you know, there's so many different kind of layers to this. What's your take on it? Nothing that is happening right now is new. You know, it's uh, the first time potentially that it's really coming into a mainstream audience uh, as awareness. Uh, but this has always happened. This has always existed, oftentimes extremely accepted, often very, you know, vilified. Uh, you know, talking about gender neutral, uh, uh, non-binary, you know, they have been around forever. Um, and, you know, some cultures celebrated them or, or at least accepted them and other cultures did everything they could to eliminate them from existence and you know the predominant you know western culture that we're in right now did that uh, they took kind of that second path and so that's why a lot of people are thinking you know it's all kind of new and it's all too hard you know it's because we have been vilifying them for so long you know rather than just accepting people as they are for the entirety of human existence. Um, so, yeah, nothing is new. There's definitely a change in how we are responding to it. You know, now we are culturally more on the side of acceptance than we are on the side of vilification. Uh, yeah. But there has always been political correctness. We couldn't swear on TV. You know, so it's mm -hmm. no stretch to say now we can't actively harm somebody by, per by portraying them in negative lights. You know, so mm -hmm. there's always been that censorship. There's always been things that we haven't you know, shown. Uh, it just happens mm -hmm. to be on the, uh, I guess, side of more acceptance at the moment. And do you think that, you know, even in the latest Buzz Light, you know, now they've, they've showed two men kissing, for example, sure. right, and a lot of people were up in arms. Yep. Are we causing more confusion by saying, by giving kids so many options that you can be whoever you want and you can, you know, do you think it's an age appropriateness as well to the conversation? 
Well, I guess the probably the best answer to that is, you know, if it's age inappropriate to show two men kissing, why are we showing a man and a woman kissing? You know, because it's the same interaction. And for mm. kids, it's all extraordinarily simple until we start polluting, you know, with really complex ideas. The idea that two people, whoever they are, can be in love and can get married or whatever their relationship looks like and kiss, it's extremely simple. You know, every young kid that I know, when they have questioned that, oh, can two men kiss? And the answer of, yeah, of course, if they want to, they have no thoughts. of it. It's, it's okay, fine. That's easy. It's adults who are complicating this. You know, so if it's appropriate to show a four-year-old, a man and a woman kissing, it's appropriate to show them two men kissing because that is a real experience that happens in the world. We're not, uh, by doing that, by, by having two say, you know, in light year, two women kissing, uh, by having two women kissing, we're not forcing that message upon anybody because mm-hmm. that experience has always been there in cinema. You know, and all, we're, all that's been done is showing a different side of that experience, a different kind of experience there with love, with respect, you know, uh, not pushing anything. You know, the, the idea that seeing these interactions will make people gay or make people non-binary or make people trans. You know, gay kids have been watching straight people on TV forever and it hasn't made them straight. So just maybe it doesn't make that kind of impact that you know, as adults, sometimes we think that that's going to do. You know, it's, you know, if, if one thing is appropriate for one audience, I think it's appropriate for all uh, on a more inclusive level. Yeah, yeah, very well said. Um, curious. Mm-hmm. So you initially were a little bit more sceptical around, oh, gosh, my son wants to wear this dress and, oh, God, you know, and you had to get over that hurdle. How was it received at school or at daycare or wherever he was? How was it received? Uh, yeah, so it was received in a variety of ways. So, um, his, his family and his friends thought it was cool. I mean, he was four years old. I mean, there is no implication. You know, they, they just like a character. You know, who cares? You know, um, so everybody just thought it was cool. Hey, I like Elsa too. Oh, that dress is so sparkly. You know, well, I like this character. You know, so there was nothing. Once adults started to get involved, then questions started to arise. You know, oh, does this mean that, you know, he is, this or that or that, you know, um, but kids were fine. You know, kids thought it was great. Uh, as he got a little bit older, up into five, six, uh, you, that's where you really start to see gender um, expectations and gender stereotyping really influencing our kids, not necessarily starting to like be put upon their kids because that's from day one, like there's so many studies showing that like from day one, we're putting those influences on them, but they're starting to really take those on. Uh, and that's where comments would start to happen. You know, he would start to experience uh, things like bullying. 
he would start to experience your know, questioning,、uh, but he would also, on the other side. Experience massive support and love, you know, from friends and family and random people in the street. You know, so he was receiving both sides of that. And as a parent, you know, we really have a couple of options. We can say, "All right, you have this thing inside you. I am going to shame you out of it to protect you from the broader society." Or instead, we can say, "Okay, you have this thing inside you. I can show you as much love and acceptance as humanly possible, and I can also prepare you for potential negativity out in the world." And so that's the path that we took. I don't think any problem you know, has ever been caused by loving a child too much. Or accepting、yeah. a child too much, or showing them too much support. There's lots of things we can, like we can spoil them too much. We can you know, do、mm-hmm. all those things, but we can't love them too much. You know?、yeah. But when we add preparation on top of that, hey, <clears throat> for example, we share things on social media sometimes with my son,、mm-hmm. and any time I share something that involves him. He gets to look at it, and he gets to review it, and he gets to say yes or no, whether or not that is posted. But before he even gets to answer whether he can, there is a、mm. full conversation around the implications. You, know, everybody in your class might see this. Everybody in the world might see this. You, know,、mm. are you okay with everybody seeing this aspect? You, know, and if he says yes, great. If no, great. You. Know, Um, but having that full knowledge of what's coming,、mm. what's, and、mm. we've also done a lot of work around how to handle bullying and all those sorts of things.、Um, mm. You know, that preparation is key, but you cannot、yeah. go wrong with acceptance. Yeah.、Uh, what?、Um, so, how old is he now? He's nine. Nine. Okay. So, even at the time in which he was bullied, what was it? Was it that he wanted to wear? You know, what was it that was the trigger point for people wanting to bully him? Bullying is always the most ridiculous things, you know, because、yeah. uh, if he was to turn up to school in a full Elsa dress, there's、mm-hmm. a level of confidence and boldness attached to that that、yeah. is impressive to other kids, you know.、Um, but when he was wearing pink socks that you couldn't even see because his pants covered them mostly,、Mm-mm. he would、yeah. get teased by, about that. Is that you know, like by the sock? My kid wears pink socks. I know, <laughs> and he's a little、know. boy.、Um, and、yeah. you know, if he painted his nails,、wow. there would be some teasing. Yeah.、Um, yeah. But that is very dependent on the people around him. You know,、uh, he's been to a couple of. He's been to two schools because we did a big move. Um, mm. And、uh, we also moved back, so he's kind of school number one, and then school number two, then back to school number one. And、yeah. at school number one, he has this beautiful network of really loving, supportive, accepting friends.、Mm. And you know, if he was to wear pink socks, nobody、mm. would talk about it. Who cares? They're pink socks. Yeah, you know, this is him. Uh, at school number two, where he didn't have that network, where he kind of came in fresh, and it was also a more conservative area. Okay.、Uh, yeah, that's where he—that's the first place he experienced in class, you know, teasing and bullying. 
And we really looked to, well, how is the school going to handle this? Because you're at that age, you know, <clears throat> when they're five, six years old, the systemic your nature of how they handle these things is all important you know, because people, yes. their kids are listening to the teachers. The kids are listening to yep. the authority figures, you know, and the school didn't have a great response. Mm. They didn't really take it seriously. Mm. Um, and so we left that school, <laughs> which is a position of privilege, you know, but we left that school to go back to school one uh, where that support was in place from his social circle but the systemic support was in place from the, the teachers and the administration as well. Interesting. So how did you know the bullying was happening to start with? Did he come to you and tell you? Yes. So we, uh, we talked about it. So uh, we implemented something that uh, has been the possibly the best thing that we have done as parents. Okay. Uh, and that is we have tried to create an environment mm. where he not just feels comfortable and safe mm. talking to us about things, yeah. but he actively wants to tell us. Things. You know, um, so we spend a lot of time telling him you know, the challenges in our days, you know, the, uh, the great things, the terrible things that happened to us, you mm. know, the things that happened to us as kids. Mm. You know, and we really model this communication around all aspects. And so when he's having a problem, I'm not going to say every time he walks out of school and says, dad, this happened, mm. you know, but within 24 hours, we're going to hear about it at some point when he's feeling comfortable. Mm. He's going to tell us about the things that have happened in his day. Mm. You know, and so he was pretty upfront about uh, some teasing and bullying that happened, exactly what happened. Mm. Uh, he's upfront about times when he's made mistakes uh, and he kind of tells us about those too, only because we're modeling that so hard you know, onto him, Yeah, um, which is uncomfortable for me. I am a man who was brought up where men don't talk about mm. stuff at all. My dad has, you know, if, if I go and catch up with him, he'll say 15 words in three hours. <laughs> you know, he doesn't talk, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I grew up with that. And so it's really uncomfortable for me to speak more about, uh, especially about my feelings mm. and things that, you know, upset me. Mm. Um, but doing that allows him to see that we can and allows him to feel safe and we spend a really long time, like any time he brings up something that might be challenging mm. uh, or something that he might feel embarrassment or shame about. Mm. We try to remove all aspects of that embarrassment and shame from our conversation, like remove all judgment from our conversation mm. and just chat through it mm. so that then he continues to come to us. Um, and that's been a really uh, powerful and beautiful thing. I love that. I'm just thinking to myself, okay, let's put that in practice. So you know, I'm a property developer. I'm out a lot with work. It's a very high demanding job. Get home, you know, pick up the little one from school, get home. And then, okay, yeah, I've had stresses in my day. So the bricks didn't come. This, you know, on site was frustrating. I had a phone call that was annoying. But how could I then, like, what's an example? I would sit down and say, oh, how was your day, Noah? Oh, my day was pretty good too, but, you know, it was a bit annoying because that brick delivery didn't go. Like, I, I mean, also age appropriate. He's nearly four years old, so he's not quite there yeah. yet. But I'm even just thinking as he gets older, how could you best communicate? Because often the dramas are kind of work-related or someone's pissed you off because of something. Yeah. Whatever. How do you communicate that to your little kid? Or you've screwed up. Or you've you screwed know? up, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, so I find the absolute best way is through semi-distraction. Okay. You know, so uh, we 
cook dinner together and we chat while we're cooking. How was your day? My day was, you know, and because we all have something to do with our hands, we don't need to sit and look at each other in the eyes and open and get into vulnerable things. Yes. We can talk comfortably and freely. Mm. Uh, we also uh, implemented a thing which happens maybe once a month mm. and it's a really enjoyable yet challenging thing. Uh, which is, uh, we call it Ask Dad Anything. And it is, uh, something that, uh, we, we go into his, uh, he has this space in his room. It's called his happy base. Mm. Uh, we go into that, uh, and he has the space to ask me anything. You know? And it is often, why are the clouds white? <laughs> why is the sky blue? You know, why is Jupiter, like, why does Jupiter have that big storm raging on it? You know, it's yeah. random stuff. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, maybe every third or fourth time, dad, why don't you cry? Mm. You know, why do kids say this to me? Mm. Why? You know, and it, we're in that moment where those questions are acceptable and they're you know, able to be asked. And often those questions catch me really off guard. The dad, why don't you cry? Mm. I mean, and I, this was a moment where we, we were there and I talked through how I was raised. You know, I probably wouldn't have done it otherwise. Yeah. I said, well, you know, I was raised in an environment like my dad. I don't think I've ever seen him cry. Mm -hmm. And any time I cried when I was a kid, I was told to suck it up. Mm -hmm. I was told to, you know, just quieten down and, mm -hmm. you know, get over it. Yeah. And so that's just in me. And I find it really hard to express emotions now. Mm -hmm. you know, and I say it in a way that's appropriate. Yeah. But also a way that kind of makes him know that that thought process is silly. So, for example, when we're talking about gender stereotypes, mm. you know, the first way it was broached with him was, did you know that women used to get arrested if they wore pants? How ridiculous is that? And he says, he goes, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Mm. And I said, and did you know that there are people who think that boys can't wear skirts? How crazy is that? And he goes, yeah, that is totally crazy. Mm. You know, but that also then prepares him for, okay, if that guy over there thinks, you know, tells me I'm a boy, so I shouldn't be doing it. Oh, he's one of those silly people who has that belief. Yes. You know, so implementing that, like, ask dad anything has been amazing and incredible but that semi-distracted time where we're cooking or where you know a, a show we don't like is on or you know we have a thing called create before consume uh where every any morning like he's allowed to watch tv in the morning if he wants to but he has to create something first you know so he has to do a journal entry or create a story or build a lego you know and we'll often do that not together but next to each other you and just those spaces allow that us to talk. That is amazing. I'm sitting there thinking, geez, your son's very lucky, isn't he? <laughs> <As> <laughs> like, wow, imagine having that as your upbringing. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. I can't, I can't like, even imagine it. Yeah, I, I right? can't even imagine wow. it. Wow. Yeah. I want to get turned back to the bullying sort of uh, topic because I think this will sure. really be helpful to our listeners as well. And, you know, when I'm fortunate that to date I haven't experienced this, but it's not to say, I, you know, I won't. So, okay, yep. so first and foremost, uh, you know, your child tells you this is what's going on. Did you 
try to provide him with strategies that he could enact himself first or did you go, okay, I'm going straight to the teachers? Like what approaches have you found that has been really helpful? For sure. So uh, we took a kind of multi-prong approach. I mean, we could see very early. We have a son who is breaking gender stereotypes. Mm -hmm. There is going to be bullying in the... Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's fairly clear. Like we, I would love to say, you know, that's not going to happen because all kids are wonderful, and mm-hmm. you know, let's be realistic. Yeah. At some point, this thing's going to happen. Yeah. You know, so we took a proactive response uh, uh, approach and a reactive approach. Okay. So the proactive approach mm-hmm. was how do you deal with bullying? Uh, why do people bully you? You know, knowing why people bully us doesn't mean we need to take it, but why do they bully us? Yeah. You. Know, why do people not accept you know, people who are different? Mm. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Then the reactive approach, when something actually happens, mm. because we already have those proactive lessons kind of in place, mm-hmm. now we can just do the one thing that I wish <laughs> my parents did with every problem I had. Was first, we sit down and empathize and comfort, and we kind of go through that process. Mm-hmm. But then we say... What would you like us to do? And we follow through 100%. Okay. So uh, he might say, I'd really love you to talk to my teacher about it. Mm-hmm. We do. You know, I'd really love you to talk to the other kids' parents about it. Mm-hmm. We do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not afraid to have those conversations. Yeah. And doing that, mm-hmm. you know, it creates enormous trust in us. You know, but if I didn't have any of that proactive stuff, if he didn't know how to handle it, and all those sorts of things, uh, and a, a bullying instance happened, mm. you know, then uh, it, it would probably look different. It, it'd be, of course, how would you like me to respond to this? Like, how would you, what would you like me to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. But now that we've covered that off, because mm. that's probably more important, you know, what would you like me to do? Mm. Here's how you can deal with this. Yeah. Here's how you can empower yourself. Here's how you can, like, take this and, you know, change these things from happening or at least reduce the impact to you. What did that look like? So I'm curious, what language did you give him? Uh, during those times? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, where, where it was, like, let's go into the proactive side. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we had definitely gone through the reactive, like, where we've empathized, we've comforted, you know, now we're talking about what, how, what's going to make you feel safer, what's going to make you feel loved, like what do you need from us right now? Okay, so we've done that. <laughs> Check. <laughs> okay, so now if this happens in the future, uh, because it, it potentially will, like there's always kids who you know, um, don't love themselves enough so they need to take that, you know, those feelings out on other people. Yeah. Do you want to have some strategies that you could deal with it? Mm. Uh, I think it's really important to ask that question first. Okay. Because I don't know about you, but like when my wife is really pissed off about something and I then say, oh, yeah, that's terrible. We go through that. And then like, here's how you should deal with it. She's like, excuse me? Back off. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and I think as kids, yeah. you know, you can hear in their voice when you say, here's what you should do. Yeah. They're like, okay. You know, sure, I'm never going to do, you know. But when you give them the space, you know, and say, would you like to know how to deal with this a bit in the future? Then that opens that up to them. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation. And sometimes he says no. It's like, okay, no worries. 
And then maybe a couple of days later, I'll come back. Hey, remember that thing happened? Do you want to have any strategies? You and no, okay, that's fine. You. <laughs> but then the times he says yes, okay. Here's the ways you can do it, and here's a couple of different options you have. <laughs> you know,、uh, because one size does not fit all in all these situations. Yeah. And all of these might fail, but here's some things that might work. So at least you have some control of the situation.、Mm. So at least you have power in the situation.、Mm. Um, I'm really curious. Keep keep going. I want to hear what what's a what's a strategy? Because I'm like I don't know what I would tell him to do. Like just tell them to go away or just ignore them. Like I don't know. I know. Yeah,、so、it's tough. Work, it's like, really really yeah, tough. It's you know. So the first one is just ignore them, you know,、yeah. uh, but there's a huge unspoken reality about that.、Mm. I, as a 38-year-old man,、mm. don't just ignore them. You know, I get a hate comment online, and my wife is like, "Just ignore it," and I lie in bed for five hours thinking about it. You know, <laughs> like I don't know if that works. Yeah.、Um, the second way is to、uh, graciously confront. The person. Okay. You. Know, why did you say that? You. Know, and then they'll say, "Oh, because you." Know,、uh, say, for example, they say, "You." Know, oh, you wear a dress like that's so gay.、Mm-hmm. You. Know, and they're like, "Why did you say that?" And they say, "Oh, well, because you know, boys can't wear dresses. Like, who taught you that?"、Mm-hmm. You. Know, and just question them.、Mm-hmm. Question them over. Like, just keep hitting with them. Questions.、Mm-hmm. Make it known how ridiculous this belief system is,、mm-hmm. so that even if that person. And you don't need to say anything. Just keep asking questions.、Mm. Did your Did your parents teach you that? Do all your friends think that? You know, because then what's happening is they're losing power.、Mm. They're losing power with all these people around them, and they're having to justify why they think this way.、Mm. You know, it's really tricky. The third、uh, a third strategy、mm. is to agree with them, but in a playful way.、Mm. You know, oh, you're wearing a dress. That's okay. I know you, know, but I couldn't find my pants, and I thought, wouldn't a dress be cool today?、Mm. You know? And then suddenly they're off guard. Yeah. And they're like, well, I mean, yeah, but it's a you, why a dress? Like that's ridiculous.、Yeah. I don't know. I mean, check out these sparkles. Wouldn't you want these sparkles? It's so cool.、Mm. You know, just disarm them. Yeah. I think the worst thing you can do is just confront in a. Confrontational way, like you, know, but you know what I mean, like confront violently, you know, because these things just continue. And there's that thought of, well, if you punch them, they're not going to do it again.、Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a kid once; they definitely kept doing it. Yeah, you know,、um, but when you catch them off guard,、mm. you have a possibility to suddenly you've either made their entire belief system like ridiculous, and you've removed all their power,、mm. or if you've agreed with them and had some fun with them, yeah. Now they're on your side,、mm. and suddenly you know these kids who are bullying you. If somebody else is bullying you, now they're on your side.、Mm. You know, so it's kind of changing the whole dynamic,、um, and that's that's something that we actively practice、mm. is that dynamic shift.、Mm. Um, there's also the side of how to not have it impact you so much,、mm-hmm. uh, and that we talk a lot about. Why d- did that even happen in the first place? You know, and when we already understand that it didn't happen because you wore a dress to school,、mm. it happened because that kid hasn't been loved and accepted for what they want. Yeah. 
you know, that understanding、mm. allows them to externalize the hurt,、mm. take it out of their body and put it into someone else, you know, or somewhere else. You know, so it's not about me anymore. Yeah, it's about ah,、oh, it's that kid. Yeah. yeah. Now I know why that happened, but it still sucks.、Uh. You know. Um, and so that's where just a lot of comfort and empathy. And here's what happened when I was a kid. Yeah, that's where it all comes in, so that they know that you're on their side, you're supporting them, you're loving them,、yes. you're accepting them. Yeah, but you're also giving them strategies to deal with it. Yeah,、things. I love it. How do you protect yourself from anxiety and all of that? Because I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm like mama bear here. Anyone says anything <laughs> about my little ones, I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I could just imagine feeling so bad for my child and waiting for them to come home the next day when I've given. Them these strategies and、yeah. not being able to concentrate on anything at work because I'm stressed about this little other person annoying my car. But you know, so how do you look after yourself during the, the times of bullying? Oh my god, I am just in my head is a time where there was this little kid who、mm. was like five years old, and I remember walking up to my wife、mm. and I was just like. Do I actively hate this five-year-old? <laughs> like, you know, what does this say about me?、Yeah. I hate this、yeah. kid. You know,、um, not myself. Like a kid who was doing some teasing yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, and、um, yeah, it's it's. I find it really tricky to deal with that side of things、um, because I was never given strategies, and、uh, when I am. Helping my son,、mm. it's a very external thing. Yeah, you know, and I foolishly don't take a lot of my own advice.、Mm. You know,、uh, so I get hate comments online, and I、uh, wallow in it for a day,、yeah. you know, and、uh, it impacts me. You、mm. know, and then I try and remember why I'm doing this. And,、uh, you know, then I can move on. But yeah, I don't have a particularly great response、mm. for myself.、Uh, I'm fortunate in that I am naturally. Well, not naturally. I was brought up this way, but、right. I am、uh, quite a relaxed person who doesn't take a whole lot like inside.、Um, but once it's in there,、mm. it's hard to get out because I don't express emotions and I do all those things that we tell boys they sh- really shouldn't、yeah. do.、Um, so it's interesting because I mean, I feel as well. If I get a hate comment online, at least that's to, towards me. You say something towards、yes. my kid, and I'm like seventy times more angry, right? So I'm just <laughs> curious. Like, have you come even with other parents, or you know, the、yeah. work that you do? What guidance do you give the parents to sort of get through that? Like, what comes to mind? Yeah, so like when、uh, their child is being yeah, bullied or something, and, yeah. yeah.、Uh, so the first thing is just firstly understanding. You know, this isn't about you. It's kind of the same as you know when I'm when I'm talking to my son. Yeah. You know, but also, you know, we kind of have this amazing power if it's online to just block people. I block like thousands of people.、Yeah. You know, I, even friends. I, bam, you block. <laughs> you know, I I don't care. <laughs> you're, you're gone. You know.、Um, but I do. One thing I really do say because this actually comes into grandparents, comes into uncles and aunts and extended family and people that we hang out with who are in our、mm. world and they don't accept our kids and they're saying you know all this stuff.、Uh, the best example I have is my mum. Uh, she is the very progressive kind of feminist woman.、Mm-hmm. Born in 1949, you know, she's 73 or something.、Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of spent her life like kind of feminist feminist ideals.、Mm-hmm. My dad has always been quite conservative. 
So when my son first wanted to wear a dress, like wear an Elsa costume, uh, I was really nervous to tell my dad, you know, and to have him experience that side of my son. Um, but I had no fear around my mum seeing that. We turned up to my dad's and he just goes, hey, buddy, nice dress. A, a, a week of stress, you know, just <laughs> eliminated. We turn up to my mum's, who's the progressive, like, accepting. Uh, and for weeks, I hear nothing but you are confusing your child. Uh, you're, what are you teaching him? You're setting him up. Like, he, all these, all, uh, like, every stereotypical thing that you think people say, yeah. I heard. Uh, and so because it was a relationship that mm. I wanted, you know, uh, I needed to treat it differently. Um, but then I realized maybe I don't. What am I getting out of this relationship right now? All I am getting is stress, mm. anger, annoyance. Uh, and my son is learning from all of that, that it's more important to keep grandma happy than it is to support mm. him. And so I sat down with my mum and I said, if you cannot accept him for who he is and the things that he loves, you cannot be in his life. You know, and I was totally serious. I was, you're not mm. going to see him. Um, and there was a longer conversation involved in that. You know, but now she is one of his fiercest allies. You know, and you know, she kind of made the choice, I'm going to accept him, which... 25% of parents and grandparents do not make that choice, which is heartbreaking. Like 25% of LGBTQ kids end up homeless, kicked out of their homes. Um, you know, so my mum made that choice to accept my son and there was education involved. Like, uh, mum, you can't say that because here's what you're putting into his head. You know, mum, stop talking about my brother's body all the time because you're just teaching my son to care about what his body looks like as more important yeah. than other things. You know, um, so there was a lot of education involved, uh, but now, four years later, uh, she's one of his fiercest allies. She's fully supportive. Yes, there's always things that we would prefer done differently, but he's never feeling unsafe in his identity or attacked or unloved there now such good such powerful sort of um content there i think that we can all sort of take so much away from i am yeah. curious so from that whole experience why is it why do you think it is that you are so bloody passionate about this and wanting to support kids everywhere right in feeling their authentic selves and, and not feeling ashamed to do so what is it because I, I can feel it from you i'm just yeah. curious yeah <laughs> Yeah, it really started out as I want my son to, I feel as though our duty mm -hmm. as a parent is to figure out what our child's spark is and to fan that as much as possible so they can shine as brightly as, as they can. Um, and I recognized really early, especially as somebody whose first major disconnect was from myself, um, as a man who grew up in a certain time range in a certain place with a certain family, you know, that to be myself was the worst thing you could be and how that's impacted my life. 
um, we really wanted to make sure that he had a different opportunity to be fully himself. Um, and as we've continued on that journey, it has opened my eyes so widely as to just how much uh, 99% of kids are not supported on that journey uh, in really small and subtle ways. You know, uh, nobody's, well, it's, nobody is not true because I get DMs all the time from people where these things happen, but very few people like are telling their daughters, uh, well, you can't play sport because you're a girl. You know, it used to happen a lot. You know, it still happens because I get the DMs. But you know, there's we as a society say, well, that probably doesn't happen anymore. But we do do all these tiny things every single day that teach them the same thing. You know, um, I just I think the world would be an unbelievably better place if everybody could just be fully themselves. You know, I think so many of our problems are caused by people trying to posture to each other because they're not comfortable in themselves. Um, I I don't have what I wish my son would have, but I wish every kid had it. So yeah, I'm just I don't I'm just really passionate about it. I think it's honestly it's amazing, and credit to you. I ask every guest uh, this final question: How has fatherhood changed you as a person? Unbelievably, in many different ways. Uh, but probably the two biggest ways is uh, one: I have absolutely unconditional love now, yeah. uh, and I'm actively experiencing it. You, mm. I mean, I love my wife, but we all know there's one or two things that could happen. Like I don't know. It turns out she's a mass murderer or something. Like there's a couple of things that would remove that love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There is nothing that my son could do that would make me stop loving him. Mm. You know, there's some things I hope he doesn't do, like yeah, being a mass like, murderer. You know, yeah. But, like, it's unconditional. I love him 100% completely. And that is yeah. just something that has really changed me as a man who grew up where love felt very conditional. Mm. Uh, it's made me much more comfortable in my own skin. Uh, it's made me much more comfortable in my own actions and in the things I want to pursue in my life. Mm. Um, and probably the other big uh, thing that has happened is I have the brain of a six-year-old. I am a huge kid inside, and mm. it's been absolutely wonderful to realize that I can be that you know, with him. Uh, and mm. it's allowed me to kind of find that inner child and just to have fun with no uh, reason. Mm. You know, like we, uh, we were doing something the other day and part of my upbringing is what's the commercial purpose for this? <laughs> you know, like, oh, I, I want to, like, I, I'm learning this skill. What, am I going to start yeah. a business about this? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. uh, am I going to get a job in this? Like, you know, <laughs> what am I, what am I, what's the commercial reason for this? Yeah. Um, and having a child has really helped me internalize, oh, we're allowed to do stuff just because we want to. <laughs> and we're allowed to just yes. have fun with no ulterior motive. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Like preach. It's so, it's so true. I love that answer. How could people find out more about you? Uh, probably best way is I'm on, on the socials, on Instagram, Scott creates on TikTok, scott.creates or my website, scottstewart.co, not.com. Awesome. I'll pop those details in the episode notes. Thank you so much, Scott, for your time today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. Thanks for listening.